Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Promise You, and you're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into work, let's pray. Lord, just thank you for today, and I just thank you for making it where your word is everlasting, and mm-hmm. that when it goes out, it accomplishes all that you intended to, comp- to accomplish. Lord, I also just thank you for coming into a mist and just giving us your word. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our morning Bible study as we continue in the book of Romans. And yes, we are still in chapter 8, which is, is great. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm definitely enjoying it. And uh, Absolutely. Everything the Lord's speaking and ministering through this, uh, through his word. So mm-hmm. we're going to do things a little, little different today. Um. And that's because, Dean, brother, you brought up this in the last episode, this wonderful question or questions about, from verse 30. Um, so we're going to address those after we read, reread the scripture. All right? Okay. Yes. So, um, we're in Romans 8. Can I get a volunteer to read verse 26 through 33, please? I will. All right, Kamisha. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called are the called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he predestined these he also called whom he called these he also justified and whom he justified these he also glorified what then shall we say to these things If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely, I'm sorry, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Amen. So, just to, to remind the listeners, um, Dean brought up these great questions that that many ask. The first one being stemming from verse 30, right? Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And if I recall correctly, your question was about predestination, which is addressed there. And then it went further into how can a loving God do these things? 
Well, the question was when others ask that. Okay. Not, not so much that I'm doing that. And when you say uh, well, these things, that. you're talking about people's perception, such as death, sickness, illness, uh, persecution, whatever those things are, that our perception is that they're bad. Um, and ju- put that against something of this section of scripture or you know as we love to go back to genesis all the time at the beginning and god said it was good Mm -hmm. so how can god call it all good when we see things that we perceive as bad tying all that thought together okay which is a thought many have absolutely Mm -hmm. right which was a great point that you brought up and well this should be a one of the places where it can be addressed all right now so let's discuss it um so we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture today. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of, a lot of page turning. Um, for those that are, are listening, you, you may want to even pause and um, to give yourself time to, to turn there. But um, can everybody please start in, uh, or turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Excuse me. Yes, oh. sir. What yes, was your you question? Can go. What were you going to say? I was going to ask which verse it was. Well, we're going to start in verse 4. It's going to be Ephesians 1, verse 4 and 5 and 11, right? So we're going to discuss this because when we discuss predestination, it also we also have to get into election and God's eternal plan, right? They, they, yeah. There's some, I'll say, overlap there, if you will, right? It, it all works together. So can I get a volunteer to read that? section of scripture please Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 through what 4 and 5 okay and then verse 11 okay just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will and then verse 11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Mm. Amen. Amen. So you can see all elements there, predestination, election, and his eternal plan. Right? And you see that? He chose us when? Before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. That should ring some bells or remind people of what we had already covered in Jeremiah 1. When he chooses him, that's Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5. Can I get someone to read that, please? Jeremiah 1, verses 4 and 5. This is when the Lord chooses Jeremiah or makes it known to Jeremiah. Sure. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Mm -hmm. So also as we discuss predestination, election, and God's eternal plan, right? There are aspects of the Lord's nature, his character, and attributes, of course, right? One, of course, is Lord's sovereignty. He's sovereign. His omniscience, he knows all. His omnipotence, he is everywhere. He's all-powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, he is all-powerful. And omnipresence, he is everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, 
his plan is unconditional and eternal, all right? And we see that in Ephesians 3, verses 7 through 11. And I'll read that. It says, um, this is Paul speaking. He says, talking about the, the mystery. He says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace God has given me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than uh, sorry who am less than the least of all saints this grace was given that I should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you see the same thing written in Acts fifteen eighteen. And by same thing, I mean getting to the plan of the Lord, which is unconditional and eternal. Which says simply, known to God from eternity are all his works. Everybody tracking so far? Yes. Yes. All knowing. Um, and again, we talked about the Lord's sovereignty, right? And you can see that in... And you're saying sovereignty. Sovereignty, yes. Not serenity. Like no, not, ser- not serene. No, no, no. Okay, so- sovereignty. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Sovereignty. Uh, it's not floating on a lily pad no, no, no. somewhere. <laughs> sovereignty, okay. sovereignty, yes. Okay, okay. Absolutely, not, not, yeah. <laughs> okay. He is sovereign. Okay. All right. So, and you can see that written in a couple places. Um talking about God's sovereignty, right? Um, We'll start with Daniel 9, verse 35. Sorry, excuse me, it's 4, verse 35. Daniel 4? Yes, Daniel 4, verse 35. It says, All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will, in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the only place where that's mentioned. You have the something similar in Psalm 135, verse 6. It says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. And then, of course, in Psalm 35, it goes into all these examples that are, are given for us to, to know and to understand the Lord, right? But along with what you were, you were asking, Dean, um, we have to get into, of course, free will, because we know man has free will, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, because there, there is the argument, if you will, that, that people will, will say or make or attempt to make and say, well, if it's already predestined, then it's already determined what I'm going to do. I don't have a choice, which is 
is not the case. Uh, so I'll give you a couple examples. First one's in Acts 2. It's verses 22 and 23. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Please, yes. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of, Nazar of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Let me keep going. Nope. Okay. nope. That's it. So, in, this, in that passage, Peter is discussing the crucifixion of Christ, right? Yes. But he says... In, especially in verse 23, right? This was the determined purpose. This was God's purpose and plan. That Jesus would be crucified. That Jesus would be crucified, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you can see that if you really study this out, there are literally hundreds of prophecies fulfilled by Christ at, and during his time here on earth, right? That were spoken yes. of long before. So predestination is also a say foreknowledge for planning right we already heard this about the lord his infinite wisdom right yes. there is no one who can counsel against the lord the lord is the <laughs> no matter how good of a strategist you are the lord is the master strategist the master planner mm -hmm. what as good as anyone is at strategy and at planning and all those things that is only but a glimpse of where it comes from which is the lord through his Holy Spirit, of course. But in this passage, right, Paul is making it, or the writer of Acts, uh, some would say Paul, some would say Luke, um, is making it known that, look, this was the, the Lord's plan and purpose, right, the foreknowledge of God. But then he also charges the people, makes them accountable, saying, you have taken with lawless hands and crucified him and put to death. In other words, they had a choice. They freely chose this action. Even though that was the plan, the purpose, or the uh, that was the point and the purpose and the plan of the Lord from the beginning. From before the worlds were, found, were formed. This was the plan. So they're still acting out and, and choosing, right, that that path. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Any questions on that? Well, I, I just want to kind of, um, what's the right word? I think I'd like to season all the verses that you've given us a little bit, right? Maybe add some more flavor to them. Okay. Because there's a component of this that um, I think um, <clears throat> either people do miss or could miss. And that is um, more found in Job. And um, at the beginning of chapter 40, um, it says in the ESV, it says, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer for it. And this is all, all part of a big discourse where uh, Job, Job has been expressing his concerns about what he's gone through. And here, you know, God's, you know, rebuking him. Mm-hmm as it were, and so 
there's the element of um I, I mean I don't know the nice way to say it, but who do you think you are to question God? Who do you think you are to demand an answer from God for him to justify what he's doing? The fact that we don't understand everything that he does, that we can't fully explain how predestination and free will mix equally together. There is no, it's predestination or it's free will. You don't, that's not, not, not even a conversation to have. No, they go hand in hand. Yes, yeah, so these, these scriptures are wonderful and they give us comfort and they give us some level of peace and understanding, but we, we have no right to demand from God that he justify himself to us. Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and no, just, we can freely ask him. Of course, with the right heart and mind. Yes. And he will absolutely bless and, and reveal secret things to us, which, again, are contained in him. And we, we've read that as well. Uh, now, we're not done with this. There's much more to get into. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting we were. I just thought that maybe, you know, like I said, you, yeah. know, you, have, you have some food. If it's, if it's, you know, you add a little salt to it, it just enhances the flavor to it. So Amen. God in his graciousness has given us all this to help us understand him better to help us trust him better, to help us to rely on him better, to help us to rest in him better. I could go on and on. Right. But the reality is, is he doesn't owe us anything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't owe us an answer. He does. He doesn't owe us any answer. He is a good God. And understanding, you know, coming to him humbly from the perspective of God, you're right. And if there's something I don't understand, then it's my lack versus his impropriety or him being at fault is key <laughs> that, that's key but also as we look at things and we survey the word of god rightly attribute to god what's right and as you brought up in job he had that concern like towards the end of it when he was talking about job's friends he said job pray for them because they didn't speak rightly about me as they should have they attributed false characteristics to god and bad characteristics to god that were not right and just because our small brains and thoughts and fleshly and human concepts don't measure up when we try to capture who god is doesn't make god at fault doesn't make god wrong he is just and so when you start with that conclusion he's just and he's righteous it's me who has to come into alignment with him that makes the picture a whole lot clearer. So you can go, okay, God, until I, un you know, I would like you to explain it to me so I understand you. But until I get full clarification from you, God, I know this. You're right. Let God be found true and everyone else a liar. Every man a liar who compares and everything that compares itself to him, God is always right. He's always right. And if you can find peace and shalom in your heart and your mind concerning that, that will help you see and hear him when you're, you're studying his word, when you're pondering and you are reasoning with God because he doesn't mind that. He says, come on, let us contend together. Let us reason together. Come talk to me about this. I willingly provide you knowledge of who I am. I willingly provide you understanding of um, secret things. But remember who he is. He is almighty God. And he is only a good God and he only does good things. So if we don't comprehend it, there's something lacking on our part. And coming to him like that sure opens the whole door, opens our understanding to help us receive the counsel of the Lord. Absolutely. Amen. Um, so the last example we gave was an X too, right? Now, we did, you did Daniel. Uh, when talking about free will. Okay. When talking about free will, in line with predestination, right? Acts 4, 27 and 28 says this. 
For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, and this is the key, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So each of these people or groups of people acted out of their own will, made choices, right, to, to conduct an act, which was already determined. However, they freely chose to do it. There wasn't a list that they chose from, oh, I'm going to select this option. They purposed in their heart to do that. Everybody tracking with that? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so with their own heart or counsel determined to do. Um, and you see uh, something very similar in Genesis 50, 19 through 21. So if you could please turn there. And it's talking about Joseph. And, you know, as we're, we're walking through these scriptures, um, everyone, it's important to understand that God is not two-dimensional like we are. I think you referenced the manifold wisdom of God. And Amen. the way I kind of pictured that in my mind when, when God first started talking to me about how he layers things is I took a piece of paper and I started folding it and folding it and folding it and folding it. I still have the one piece of paper, but now I have many layers within that same one piece of paper. So God is not just sequential, chronological, two-dimensional, like humans try to conceptualize and think. Mm -hmm. So God is able to both have his perfect will from beginning to end, or the end from the beginning, as his word says, and declare it and know what's going to happen and know what our choices would be and still offer us a free choice in that. So he knows what we're going to choose, but he still gives us the opportunity to make the right choice. He presents us with information so we can make the right choice. And it's our choice and our, we have the right and the ability to go, yes, God, we will do this. Or no, God, we won't. I don't want to do it right now. I don't like that. And he respects his word to give us choice. Dean, why do you have that look on your face? Well, you know, as a contractor, I think about, you know, trying to calculate the proper number of electrical outlets in a home or the proper number of air conditioning vents or the proper number of faucets and then the the size of the water piping so that the pressure stays up or Mm -hmm. all those things. And, and, and sometimes those calculations are almost too difficult for me. And here's just a simple little house. (laughs) And the fact that God can contemplate all the decisions that every person that has ever lived and ever will live and still orchestrate his plan through all that without ever violating free will, without ever violating his holiness, without ever violating his justice. It's just, you can't help but smile when you think about how awesome he is. It's just that, 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 like, it's just, it's just, just mind-boggling but that's who god should be to us is mind-boggling amen that's what makes him so awesome that's what makes him worthy of worship and praise glory to god glory and so that's that's what the stupid smile was just it wasn't a stupid smile i was (laughs) well i felt it was was just just a goofy smile i just couldn't yeah just to think of god in that way is just wow and and truth of who he is and remember this we are made in his image and likeness he's not made in ours He's not made to fit in our compartmental box and think the way we think he should think. No, we are made in his image and his likeness. Meditate on that. Let that sink in. 
Because oftentimes when we go, well, how did you do this, God? Or why, if, if you did it, why does it look like this? And, and the, the, I'll say the evil and the wicked thought process that comes out of that comes because you don't know who you are yet. Remember the order of things. Mm-hmm. Almighty God. And the ones that worship an idol wanted something they could control versus a vast God that they can't fathom unless they come to him as a little child to know and learn and see who he really is. God bless you, but come on and bring your heart to the Lord so you can see and have wise counsel and sound understanding to know who Jesus truly is. Amen. Amen. Um, so getting back to Genesis 50. Okay. Um, is someone there and, and kind of get a volunteer to read? Um, those verses. Which one, baby? 19 through 21. I'll, I'll read them. Oh. Go ahead, Mr. Dean. Okay. <clears throat> um, the land of the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Kedmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites, you the referee. You said Genesis 15. Gen- no, uh, Genesis 55 0. Excuse me. 55. <laughs> I thought you said 15. Five. You said 15. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, my apologies. I meant Genesis 50. 5 0. Five talking zero. about Joseph. I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking, I'm, I'm going to keep reading because okay. that's what he said. But, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me get to that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. That was all ready, too. Here we go. <laughs> my apologies. I, I messed the. No works. <laughs> but Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am in for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Mm. Amen to that. So so you see, even in that going back to the the story of Joseph. The brothers threw him in a pit. They chose to sell him into slavery. Out of hatred. Out of hatred. They chose that. And clearly that's what the Lord intended to have happen, as Joseph acknowledges, because clearly they were afraid, expecting retaliation from their brother, Joseph. And he said, no, no, he's, he's been made aware of the plan and purpose that the Lord had for him. He's been living and walking in it. So while his brothers didn't understand. He understood. And there's, there's another example in Isaiah 10, 5 through 7. We don't have to read that. But the Lord makes it very clear that he is sending Assyria against Israel because of their sin. And he says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, that he's sending Assyria to punish sin. Right? However, when we look at those scriptures, Assyria, that was their nature and character, was that they were freely choosing to plunder and to destroy or demolish. That was their nature. And the Lord was still using that and them as uh, the rod of his hand to punish sin. So you see in there, the Lord already predestined these things and he was using, but the people, that, that's what they had freely chosen to, or how they had freely chosen to conduct themselves in manner of life, right? Um, so there, there are a couple of scriptures, Proverbs 19, 21 and Proverbs 16, 33. And it, they all both point to the point to this point that men make plans, but God determines the outcome. So I'll let you look those up on your own. Um, and then of course we discussed election, right? Um, 
you could please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Right. In speaking of the Lord, Paul writes this. Right. It says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And then in verse 10, But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light, through the gospel. Verse 9 is key. Because in there, it's discussing election. Right? And this is another one of those, you see predestination, election, and his eternal plan all come together. Right? There's a holy calling. And again, it's not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace given to us through Christ before time began. This is key because it goes into exactly what we were discussing in Ephesians 1. And in Ephesians 1, it's verses 4 through 11. We just read those few select verses. But uh, you know, like I said, you may want to pause and, and reread that in your own time. But then also back in Romans. Now we're going to skip ahead just slightly. It's a Romans 9, verses 11 through 13. And it's talking about Israel's rejection and God's purpose. And it says this, For the children, not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God's will, or sorry, the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. All right, and we, we already discussed that in Jeremiah. Um, that was... 1, 4 through 5, right? That the Lord called him. He had elected him. He had chosen him. He had predestined him. Um, and then I'm going to give you one more example. If you could turn to Judges 13, please. And could I get a volunteer to read the first five verses? I'll read it. Please do, sir. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel the hand of the Philistines. Okay. Do you notice the similarities here with Jeremiah? There was the, the calling, the plan, the purpose from the beginning it was stated what before the child was even conceived or as it said in jeremiah before i formed you in the womb and he already reveals the plan and purpose yes to the parents but of course the parents were going to 
teach and train him, and you see that throughout the story. However, if we truly study Samson and his life, you'll find that much of the time, unfortunately, he lived in opposition to the Lord, as in he did whatever he wanted to do, regardless of the guidance that was given to him from the Lord to his parents and through his parents. And even at the very end of his life, it was about taking vengeance. However, what happened? The Lord still gave him strength to pull the pillars down. He still helped bring about what? He shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. The Lord's plan, purpose, will was still accomplished. Even though you can say much of the time, Samson wasn't living according to that plan and purpose. Yes? Yes. So, but what the Lord said, his plan, his will, still manifested. Yes? Yes. yes. Now, uh, I know we're over in time. This one's going to be a little longer because there's a, a couple more things that, that we need to discuss with this, right? Um, Because, Dean, you're, the second part of, of what you brought up, which was great, was how can a loving God do these things, right? Uh, if you could, please turn with me to Matthew 25, verse 41. I get a volunteer to read that, please. I'll read it. Wait, sorry, let me check. We're reading chapter twenty-five and verse forty-one. Correct. Okay. Then he, then, then you will also say to those on the left hand, "Depart from me, and you, depart from me, you cursed." Into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Am I supposed to? You know well, that is that is the the verse, sir. Just one, because there's a a couple things that we should note, right? In discussing Christ, in discussing the heavenly kingdom, there is a heaven, and clearly there is a hell, a Sheol, a Baden, right? Yes. Gehenna, and it's call a few different things in scripture right we know it typically referred to it as hell yes yes and that verse is key what was it created for the devil, the devil was angels okay it wasn't created for man and and i bring this up because this is important so you're answering the question, how, if, if someone had the thought of how could God send people to hell, if he's such a good God, why would he send people to hell? Is that what you're answering? Yes, Hello? that is what okay. we are answering, right? Okay. So we have to first understand some things. Why was hell created? And for what purpose, right? Because in everything, and back to the garden, it was brought up, and Dean, you brought this up here today, that everything that we created, he said, was good. And if you really study that out, it, it means 
it was suitable for its purpose. Right? Yes. The plan, the purpose, the will of the Lord that he had created it for. Right? Which is the same thing that you see with the word of the Lord in Isaiah 55, 11, right? My word goes forth and it does not come back void, but it accomplishes all my plans and my purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes? yes? Yes. Okay. So everything, again, goes back to predestination, election, God's eternal plan, like his will, right? Yes. So we can all track that. Um, so also, if we could... Let's turn to Colossians 1.6. John, can I jump in there for a Please second? Please do, brother, yes. Well, just um, trying to bring some perspective, especially where you are right there. So you know, let's go back in Romans a little bit to uh, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. And people can read it, but there's no excuse. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 you can try to convince me if you want, but mm-hmm. God's word is clear. Absolutely. It's accurate. It is mm-hmm. without error. Mm-hmm. And it says you have no excuse. Mm-hmm. You can't say there's not God. You decided not to glorify him. You decided not to honor him. Mm-hmm. So you made the decisions that you made that brought what it brought. Right? Mm-hmm. If you drive down the road and you speed and you get in an accident, it's on you. Because you, you made the decision to do it. And you have the decision to do the speed limit. You have the decision not to. You, you can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But you, you won't be able to stand before God at the end of time and say, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we have to get, got to put that out there too. That's absolutely it's just, it's indisputable. Mm-hmm. 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 So it's actually not verse one. It's Colossians one, verse 16, not six. So forgive me on that. And it says this again, we were just talking about the garden, right? It's, this is discussing his creative work for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And then, of course, he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Again, goes right back to the manifold wisdom of the Lord. These things were created. We talked about strategy and structure and plans and planning. They were already done before the foundations of the world. It doesn't state specifically when hell was created and, and all those things, right? Yes. But he says it's there. So then, it, and I, I bring this up because of the next couple verses. We're going to talk about this. Um, Ezekiel 28, uh, it's really verses 1 through 26, but I want to focus on verses 15 and 17. Or 15, yeah, let me get there real quick. And I'll tell you if it's 15 and 17 or 15 through 17. Fifteen through seventeen, please. Can I get a volunteer to read that? I can. Please go ahead, Layla. 
You are perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity. Excuse me. Verses 14 through 17. Okay. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Okay. Again, it's really that entire chapter, verses 1 through 26. However, this is key because we see the Lord, and this is the plan from the beginning, right? He says, be holy for I am holy, right? Yes. He, he also says, be, whether it's to his prophets or whoever, uh, we'll take Moses, you cannot see me because of sin. It separates us from the Lord. And you see that same thing there with, well, Lucifer, ultimately the devil, right? Yes. And it also says that his wisdom is corrupted. Uh, so given the scriptures that we just covered, talking about hell, how, so we, let's establish this first. Wisdom comes from the Lord. True wisdom. True wisdom. Okay. There is earthly or demonic wisdom, right, which you see stated and covered in First John, right? Yes. However, it's tainted, it's corrupted, so I'd have to ask the question then, right? Be, and I, I bring this up because many people attempt to give the devil all this credit about how wise the devil is. He is not. I have to ask the question then, if he was there, and he was, it says it very plainly, he was in heaven on the holy mountain of God, right? Yes. He was the anointed cherub. And you know that hell exists. Okay. A smart, wise person should ask, what is that for? So you're saying he had no clue or concept, right? Again, maybe it wasn't revealed to him. Maybe it wasn't. Right? And again, this is in Scripture, we have to ask these questions. Because the devil still made his choice to do what he decided to do. And so initially, he was created as Lucifer. He was created in a good way. When God makes create, when he creates, he says it's good. He only does good things. So since Lucifer decided to leave the purpose that God created him for and decided he was going to try to replace God, that's leaving the created, the intended purpose that God made for him, then he fell from the place that he was given by God. Lucifer decided not to remain where God placed him, not to be content or satisfied with what God gave him to do. And then following that, when he made that choice, that's when he became Satan. And Satan means adversary, but that's when he sinned. That's when he became cast out and now looks different and is operating in a different vein and form than what God intended and created in God's purpose. So Technically, God created Satan, if you want to look at it, him creating him as Lucifer, but he did not create him as the wicked thing that we see operating today. Mm-hmm. So that was something that Satan chose. That was something Lucifer chose, which made him become Satan. Okay? 
Exactly. And I also want to point out a couple of things in this, right? And this is why I said it's Ezekiel 28. It's really the whole chapter, right? Verses 1 through 26. In the first, I'll say half, first 10 verses, right? Ezekiel is bringing a word of the Lord to the king of Tyre. I think it's the prince. The first one is for the prince. Oh, yes, the prince of Tyre. Excuse me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's addressing the natural things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The man, the person who, who made his own choices of what he was to do and how he set his heart, right? Mm-hmm. And then in verses 11 through the end, there is the lamentation, again, given by the Lord. But you can tell that there's a difference. He's addressing the spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. behind the prince of Tyre. right? And, and you know that for sure because in verse 13 it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Well, clearly the king of, or prince of Tyre. The natural man. The natural that. man was not in Eden. This so, wasn't one of the people on the ark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> surviving for a long period of time. For hundreds of thousands or thousands of years, right? Exactly. And that's the verses 11 through 19 are addressing the spiritual. The spiritual, which mm-hmm. is, well, what was Lucifer is now the devil, mm-hmm. right? The principalities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you see the same thing in Isaiah 14. Uh, we'll just read verses 12 through 15, right? Of course, it it continues to more than that. But I want to point this out. In this passage in Isaiah, the king of Babylon is being addressed. Right? So does everybody understand that? The king of Babylon is being addressed in chapter 14. Okay? Again, first, it's addressing the person, the king, the physical being yes yes but then from verses 12 on through 21 really he's discussing uh, or 12 through 15 especially he's discussing again the spirit behind it so lucifer or the devil right uh so could could someone read verses 12 through 15 please i will how you are fallen from heaven O lucifer son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Mm. So do you see the similarities there between Isaiah and Ezekiel? Same thing, addressing the person and then addressing the spirit behind it. Yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, But he also points out uh, in the first one in in Ezekiel, you were in the garden. And what happened in the garden? Genesis 3, right? Yes. Who does the Lord address? Adam, Eve, and the devil. He first starts addressing the serpent, right? Yes. So he first addresses the serpent, but he makes it plain that 
It was the spirit behind it. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. And of course the evil evil came, sin came, right? And and the serpent the spirit through the serpent deceived Eve. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. So it came into agreement, it made a choice, right? To be in agreement. And you see that this trend, this pattern throughout. Right? So when we talk about predestination, election, free will, God's eternal plan, right? This was already set from be- the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. These things were already done. It was already, I'll say, decided by the Lord, right? Yes. Okay. People freely chose to do what they decided to do and acted upon, right? Or thought it in their heart which created separation between them and God. And I, and I know you're probably saying, well, well, wait a second, John. Like, we're, <laughs> we're here in Romans. How does that go with the life of the Spirit chapter, right? Um, well, it does, because like I said, we were going over, starting in verse 30. Whom he predestined, those he called, whom he called, those he justified, whom he justified, these he glorified. It's the people that he chose that would, they would make the free choice to serve him, to be in alignment and obedience, willing to reciprocate his love back to him, right? Demonstrated through their obedience, not trying to ascend and take his place. That's why he says in scripture, Jesus says in scripture, you are like your father, the devil. Right? But this is the life in the spirit chapter. Right? And so if there is there are people that can be like their father the devil, and we are talking about life in the spirit, how do we live? What does that look like? Well then we should reflect our heavenly father. Yes? Yes. Can you please turn to Second Peter chapter one? And could I get a volunteer to read the first 11 verses? Um, I can. Go ahead, Layla. And we're studying in chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Mm-hmm. Yes. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. So what do you see in here? We're talking about the life and the spirit. Verses 5 through 7 should sound an, almost identical to the fruits of the spirit. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, walking in the spirit, we should exhibit demonstrate other people should see and experience the fruits of the spirit in and through us being like our heavenly father which we're empowered to be through his holy spirit right who gives us power he also makes a way of escape right but in verse four it says that um these things have been given right exceedingly great and precious promises that we may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption yes but then he says in verses 10 and 11, I love this. Brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, right? Do these yes. things. Walk in this manner. Be like your heavenly father, right? Is what he's essentially saying. And as a result, so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord. Mm-hmm. So do we see how it all goes together now? Does everyone have a better understanding of, of all these things? I know it was a lot, but do you understand? Yes. Greater, <laughs> greater knowledge and wisdom than you had before? Greater yes. understanding? Good. Um, like I said, I know this one went way long. Um, but I've, I've felt or sensed it was important for us to, to cover this in one sitting because um, these things matter. All right? Okay. So let's close there for today and give people time to, to go through the scriptures, to study out, to let the Holy Spirit minister to them. And, and of course, if there are any questions, don't hesitate to reach out, right? We can contact us. You can contact us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com, right? And of course, through our website at a day of prayer.org. All right. Okay. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how the, the word encouraged you or built you up. And of course, if you have any prayer requests or praise reports or anything of that nature, we'd love to connect with you and, and hear from you. And of course, if you have questions, by all means ask. So, um, would someone please close us out in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for your infinite wisdom, Lord, and for the sides of the defense, Lord, and the things that you see and that you understand, Lord, and that you help us to come and sit with you, Lord, and to see those things that you created, Lord. And I thank you for your goodness, Lord, and for the blessings that you have in store for us, Lord, that you give to us and not add sorrow with, adding sorrow with it, Lord. And I thank you for just being able to be your your sons and your daughters, Lord, that we can be your children, Lord, that we have the same inheritance that Christ has, God. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us understanding, Lord, and shows us things to come that we may understand, Lord, and that we can continue to walk with you, Lord, in step and in sync, God. And I thank you for these things and everything that you've been doing for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day.
listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.